first time you're here, I got good news for you. Even though we're in the middle of the movie, you can go back and watch the beginning of the movie at our website. Uh, so you can go here to uh, lighthousecoc.com and, and get caught up. Some really, really great stuff that we've been talking about. I appreciate so much the lesson last week. It really helped me personally, you know. And I don't just give the lessons. I get to sit where you sit and hear and, and listen and learn and grow. Uh, and that was a particular area where I, where I needed it. And if you're a guest here today, I want to welcome you. It's great to have you. We're glad you're here. Uh, this church is, is made for you. We want you to feel at home. And if there's anything we can do for you and your faith, uh, let us know. But we've been talking about this series called Follow. And uh, last week, just kind of uh, going over real quick what, what we talked about last week, the week before, and the week before that, this is kind of our overhanging thought is all of Jesus' followers were sinners and unbelievers. See, sometimes when you think, you know, I don't know if I can come to church. I don't know if I can follow Jesus because I'm not really solid on my belief. I'm not really, my life is a mess. So what, what business do I have following Jesus? you got to understand the reality of it is, is that everybody who followed Jesus in the beginning didn't believe in Jesus. In fact, where their faith started growing is by taking that first step towards following Jesus, then their faith grew. And it wasn't until the very end that, that the disciples had full-blown faith. Could you imagine that? In fact, there was one of the apostles, his, his nickname, you remember, anybody remember his nickname? Doubting Thomas. I mean, imagine you're, you're, one, you're in the inner circle and you're still not solid on your faith. And so I just want to reassure you if you're a guest here today and you're, you know, I don't know if I can follow Jesus because I'm not sure about the whole Jesus thing, the Bible thing. Hey, you're in good company. And it wasn't until after even another great example was after Jesus' resurrection because Jesus' whole family, for the most part, were doubters until his resurrection. Then James when he saw the resurrection and he, he, he realized that Jesus rose from the dead, I mean, think about that. What do you have to do to prove to your brother that you're the son of God raised from the dead? I think that'll do it, right? So just want to reassure you that. Last week, uh, Chris talked about this, that faith in God, and this is what Jesus is inviting us into, a relationship, a trust in God that overwhelms our fears. And I know all of us, you can come in here today and say, well, I got no fear, I'm good. No, all of us have fears. We're, we're afraid of something, something's bothering us, something's getting to us, and that's why we act out. That's why we do some of the things that we do is because we're insecure and we're fearful, and Jesus is inviting us into a relationship where this can be taken care of, Amen. where we can be solid. So this is what Chris talked about last week. But this week we're going to, you know, answer a question. Last week Chris talked about, you know, the question of, where are we going, Jesus? So we answered that. Where are we going? This we're going to talk about, what, what does a follower of Jesus wear? You know, and you may be here, you may be dying, you know, you're waiting all these last few weeks. Of what, what do followers wear, right? I want to follow Jesus, but what do I wear? What, we know when you go out in the morning, what, what's a follower of Jesus wear? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to have a little fun right now and go through a quiz, you know, because you can tell what people are following by what they wear, right? Even here this morning, you can tell what people follow by what they're wearing, right? So let's go. You, you tell me. You answer. We're going to do a little quiz. You tell me who this guy's following. <laughs> who? Green Bay Packers, right? Now, does it say anywhere Green Bay Packers? It says a G right there. 
But you can tell who he's following, right? By what he's wearing. All right? Now, who's this guy following? Hey, hey easy, easy. It's just a photograph here. Okay, you need to get, who's this guy following? USC Trojans, right? I mean, he's got the whole outfit. Maybe not as fired up this year as other years, but. Okay, you, you can tell this guy's following the Trojans. Now, what about these two kids? Who are they following? See, now, some of you don't know that, but some of you do know that. They're following the national soccer team for Brazil. Okay? Now, it's not just, it's not just sports fans that wear things that let us know, and they want people to know who they're following by how they dress, but it's not just sports fans who wear things to let people know what they're following, even in religion. People wear things to let everyone know who they're following. Who's this woman following? She's following the prophet Muhammad, Muslim faith, okay? By what she's wearing, you, you can tell that, okay? How about these guys? Who are they following? Buddha. Buddha. Okay, you can tell by the way they're dressing. It's, I, I picked this picture out because, you know, you see, they got some sunglasses on right here. That, 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 that's pretty cool. You know, you, you got to keep up. You got to keep up. Right? You got you to keep up. Now, here's a hard one. Okay, I'm not sure many of you are going to get this one. All right? Who are these guys following? Sikhism. See, some of you didn't know that. Sikhism. But, you know, I thought this was a cool photograph because not everybody could roll this out. You know, nobody could, can, can, can do this look. These guys are handsome guys, and they can do the hair thing. I mean, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Sikhism is one of the, it's, it's the fifth largest religion in the world, and it's growing. Okay, but this is an example of people, what they wear to demonstrate. Now, you're a Christian. What does a Christian wear to show who he's following? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is an option, okay? <laughs> right? It's kind of extreme, but maybe, maybe this, remember this guy in all the sporting events right behind home plate? He had the best seats in the house, okay? Maybe this is an option to let people know you're following Jesus. Let's go on the far extreme. The far extreme of maybe what a Christian wears to demonstrate what he believes. How about this? This is what some Christians wear. I mean, really? God hates you? Not blessed, just cursed? These people are Christians. Now, does this, want to, this make you want to go follow these people's faith? Follow. And this, this, is, this, is a, a, this is what someone would wear on the outside. But this is the reality of our nation. There's people that do this as a demonstration of their faith. But we have to, and, and, and some of you, for this very reason, for this reason, maybe you've seen this, maybe you've experienced this, maybe for this reason you hate Christianity because you saw this or you see it. And this is what maybe our, 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 our media is pushing out there. This is Christianity. This is what Christians do. This is a Christian coalition. This is, 
But we got to stop a minute and ask the question, is this representative of Jesus? Because in our series, we're talking about following Jesus. And for the last three weeks, week four, we're talking about what is, what is a follower of Jesus where? And so in looking at this, the apostle Paul, and, and you know, just so you understand, you may hate Christians, the apostle Paul hated Christians even more than you do or you have. He hated Christians so much that he wanted to hunt them down. He was a Christian hunter. You read about it. He self-proclaimed Christian hater, Christian hunter. In Acts chapter 26, he talks about this. I hated Christians. In fact, I went around following, finding, imprisoning, and killing Christians. Hated Christians. But in one of these trips, as he was hunting Christians, guess what? He became a Christian. He became a Christian. He became a follower of, of, of Jesus. And, and, and you got to weigh in on this story a little bit because what would it take for someone to go from being a Christian hunter, hater, to a follower of Jesus? And not just any follower. This guy toured the Mediterranean, planting churches all over the place. He was an amazing expander of the Christian faith, maybe unparalleled from what we know in history. But this is the apostle Paul. And so as we talk about this, much of what Paul learned as a follower of Jesus came from where? And he didn't get to interact with Jesus on a one-on-one -on -one basis like the other apostles did. He learned what he learned from what? From who? Other followers. So it's possible to learn about Jesus through who? Other followers. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, I just want to tell you, you've got a huge responsibility if you want to help somebody who's a Christian hater to change and become a follower of Jesus. You've got a responsibility. We've got a responsibility as a church to show people, hey, what do Christians wear? What should they, what, what's, what's follow where? And so that's what, you know, I want us to, to look at today is, you know, and, and is Jesus, if you think about Jesus, where did Paul learn about Jesus? He learned it from other followers. He knew Matthew. He met Matthew, had some FaceTime with Matthew. He had FaceTime with Luke, one of the other authors of one of the gospels. Uh, he met John. He knew Jesus's brother, James, met, talked to you know, maybe he even met with Jesus' mother and, and, and interviewed her and found out what was Jesus like from the other followers of, of Jesus. And so Paul got his teaching from where? From other followers. He had a personal experience with Jesus, but a lot of what he got came from other followers. And here's the primary message that he got that all of us get about Jesus. Here's the verse in John chapter 13. And you know this verse. We talked about it last week, but we're going to hit it again this week. In verse 33, it says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me just as I have told, just as I've told the Jews. So I tell you where I am going, you cannot come. So where are you going, Jesus? Hey, where I'm going, you can't follow. And so this kind of, hey, what what does this mean? And we talked about this last week. Then he goes on and he says this in verse 34. New command I give you, 
Is this really a new command? A new command I give you, love one another. Now, even in the Old Testament, this isn't a new command. This is an old command. So why is it new? Why is it new? Because you've heard this before. You probably have said, you probably saying to yourself, I've heard this my whole life. Love one another, love one another. Okay, here's the reason why it's new. He goes on to say, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So Jesus is saying this is new because this isn't about loving you as you think you ought to love each other. I don't want you to love one another as, as, as you love one another. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Jesus may have taken a time out right here and says, hey, let, let's just go back over this. Matthew, you, you remember, remember when we met? We talked about this a few weeks ago. Remember when we met for the first time, Matthew? Remember when we, we came to you and you were there at the, at the port and you were collecting taxes and Peter and the other guys were standing behind me and you could just tell in Peter's eyes that he wanted to spit on you because you're, you're a national traitor. You betrayed the nation of Israel by selling or, or collecting taxes for Rome. Remember that? What did I say to you, Matthew? I said, come follow me. And then we went to your house and, and, and I, I welcomed your friends. And, and we, what did I show you? How, how, how did that feel? Did you feel loved, Matthew? Yeah, absolutely. Nathan, Nathan, how about you? Remember when we first met? Remember, Nathan, how you dissed my whole town? Remember how you said, you know, and you said, Nazareth, can anything come from Nazareth that's good? Anything at all? You dissed my whole family, my relatives, my hometown. How did I treat you when I first met you after what you said? I told you, I said, Nathan, Nathaniel, I told you, God is going to do amazing things in your life, and you're going to see amazing things. So what, what did you experience for me, Nathan? And then he pulled all the 12 together, and he says, guys, you remember, you remember that sermon, John chapter 6? Remember that sermon that, that I gave you guys? Remember that? Where I talked about the blood, eat my, drink my blood, eat my flesh. Remember that? And everybody just freaked out. It was, a, it was a crazy sermon. People didn't know what to think about that sermon. Remember how everybody started leaving and you guys, you guys were even questioning whether you were going to continue to follow? Remember that? And their heads go down. They go, yeah, remember. How did I treat you? Did I abandon you? Did I leave you? No. I stood by your side and I accepted you back, even though I knew you were thinking about walking away. As I, as I have loved you, that's how I want you to love each other. So that's why this command is new. Okay, so was it new for Peter? Peter, let, let, let's, let's follow Peter here, what he says here. He, he goes on in verse 35, he asks this question. And, or Peter, or, uh, Jesus goes on, he says, by this, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is going to be the characteristic, the clothing. I don't want you to be known for a headdress, a cross around your neck, a bumper sticker with a fish, a, a cross in your living room. I don't want you to be known for what you wear on the outside. I want it to be something deeper inside. In fact, here's the defining moment. If you are a follower of Jesus, I want you to think about how you treat other people. That's the defining moment. 
That's how I want to identify. That's going to be your identifier, how you treat other people. And see, many of us go, there it is. That's why I haven't come to church in a long time, because it was at church where I felt a lot of stuff, where I, I felt people. In fact, I worked with this woman, you know, or I worked with this person who proclaimed to be a Christian, but they were the meanest person I've ever met. And they called themselves a Christian. You know, and they wore shirts and stuff and walked around with a Bible at work. But I, I didn't see this. I didn't see that. And so this is, this is the defining moment. This is the identifier. This is what Jesus wanted to say. And so after all this, here's what Peter says. Look what, what Peter says. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Right over his head. Where are you going, Lord? He, he, still, he was still stuck on the first statement that Jesus made in verse 33. Why did he not get that? Because you and I, we think we've heard it before. Love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. So we need a little help. So today we're going to talk about follow where. What should a follower of Jesus wear? Really? See, because when you hear love one another, you go, yeah, it's a good feeling, and, but you don't really know what that means. So our Christian hater converted into follower, he understands us as Gentiles because we're not, you know, we're not Jewish followers, we're Gentile followers, and we don't get this. We don't understand. So he, he went the extra distance, and he explains to us. And he understood this concept better than anybody else. The gravitational pull of all religions, all religions, is towards rule-keeping rather than relationship-building. I've even experienced this. See, once you be, you're a Christian, you're a Christian for a little bit of time, you start to get in a routine, you want to have traditions. Well, let's have a tradition. We have a 9.30 service, a 12.30 service, and a 5.30 service. So I get here at 9.45 or 9.40, and I'm out of here at 9.30, and I go to lunch, and that's what I do. I check my list, and I do that. And then I'm on my, my faith group, and I do that. And then I, I meet with some people. They're the same people I've met for, for with many years. We've got our rituals and our traditions, and that's how I roll. And I'm a good Christian. Maybe if some of you come from a background where there's a list of rules. As a Christian, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you do this. And I'm a good follower because of the rules. That's not what Jesus emphasized. Jesus emphasized how you treat people, how your relationships are going, defines if you are a follower or not. By this by this, they will know if you follow them. And the question is, how's it going? How's it going at home? How's it going at work? How's it going in your relationships? Are you getting along with people? Or is there an angst? If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to focus on this versus rule keeping. All of us fall into this trap. And so this is, this is huge. In Christianity, in Christianity, it's so easy to confuse discipline with discipleship and get into a routine of doing things versus being things. This is what Jesus is after, discipleship. 
In other words, this is just a fancy word for following. Are you following? Are you following me? Are you, are you going after the way that I went after my relationships and using that as the acid test for your faith? All religions, just check this out, guys. Paul knew this really well because he was one of the most religious guys you can imagine. Memorized, did everything the same way every week. He didn't miss any special holidays. He did it all to a T. And he recognized all religions, they gravitate towards keeping rules and move away from relationship building and maintaining. So that's what we're going to talk about today is, are you a follower? And 22 years later, after Jesus' death and resurrection, 22 years later, Paul is now a Christian, and he's starting churches all over the Mediterranean. And so we're going to listen to him, and he's going to tell us exactly what a Christian follower should wear. And you think, oh, man, that was 2,000 years ago. What's that going to look like on me today? Right? You could think that. But let's listen to what Paul says. You ready? Colossians chapter 3, and this is kind of going to be our, our focus, focus teaching today, is this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. In other words, when you wake up in the morning, this is what I want you to put on so that people will know you're my followers. You're followers of Jesus, as we all are. Okay, so here it comes. This is what he wants us to put on. Clothe yourselves with what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. This is what I want you to wear. Now, let's be honest. This is hard stuff. This is real hard stuff. Okay, so... I want us to get specific. You think maybe, well, I know what some of these words mean. Well, let's get specific. Let's take this first one here, compassion. What does compassion mean? Literally, the Greek word means to feel something for someone down deep in here. It literally means compassion. The word in the Greek means your bowels, your intestines, not in your chest. See, because sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to feel compassion in my chest, in my heart. I just feel so much compassion. No, 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 no. That's what not the word. The word's describing your bowels. Why is that? Think about that. What do you, when you get some bowel trouble, what, what's it feel like? Mm, mm. That's what it means to have compassion for somebody. It's not here. It's here because it's hard. It's hard to feel for somebody. It's a mmm. What it means is to empathize with somebody and you feel their pain for what they're going through. And it's hard to have compassion on somebody is tough if you're really going to do it the way Paul is describing it here. So let's look at the next one. Kindness. Kindness. What does kindness mean? Kindness means is I'm going to loan my strength so that I can make you stronger. It's something that you don't even deserve. When someone's kind to you, it's something you don't deserve. You can't earn it. It comes out of nowhere. It's like, what? Why are you doing this for me, dude? Why? I don't deserve this. It's taking something that you have and you're giving it to somebody else. And many times when it's undeserved, 
Okay, so let's look at the next one, humility. Now we think, I know what humility is. Really? Humility, as he's describing it here, is you're grounded. And we don't get this at all in our society. You know why? Because our society is built on Everybody is on the, on the staircase because of what they own, their job they have, their height, they can touch the rim or not, right? How fast they are, how athletic they are, how talented they are, you know, what kind of background, the color of their skin, their socioeconomic status, who their girlfriend, boyfriend is, all that stuff is based on how we judge people. Humility says all that's aside. I am a fellow, I am a fellow creation, one of God's creation, just like you. You and I are the same. We're at the same level. No matter where you live, no matter what you drive, no matter what your job title is, no matter what your education is, humility says you and I are the same. And we're all at the same level. And what defines us really is that we're all children loved by God. That's humility. And this is what Paul is telling us to wear when we get up in the morning. Let's look at the next one, gentleness. Gentleness. What's gentleness mean? Gentleness means this. It means to use the strength or the the power, adjust the power to the person's present situation great example of this is with this right hand, I can pick up a very delicate contact lens, very carefully pick up that contact lens with this hand. Or I can adjust my strength and pick up a baseball, hard and strong. You see? In dealing with people, you can adjust to where they're at. Being gentle means I'm going to adjust to where you're at and where you're, and, 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 and I may need to power down to deal with you, to help you. I may need to power down versus what we typically do, we power up. And gentleness says, hey, I'm going to power down so that I can connect with you. In fact, what gentleness says is that my relationship with you is more important than my, my stature or my image. I'm going to stoop down and be gentle. With you, and then the last one here is patience. What's patience mean? Patience means this: I decide to operate at your speed, not at my speed. I'm going to operate at your speed, not at my speed. Parents got they get great at this with little children, right? Little children. What's their speed, you know, mentally and, and even attention-wise? What's their speed? You know, and some kids are quicker than others, but most kids are just figuring stuff out, right? So if you're going to be patient with children, you've got to move at their speed. You've got to gear down and be patient with them. How about in the husband and wife arena? How about in the parent-child arena? Are you patient with your mom and dad? Are you patient with your teenage kids? Do you really stop and think about the speed that they're at? Do you really stop and think about the speed that your parents are at? Your roommates, people at work? You know, how about that? Are you, are you, are you going at their speed, their velocity? This is, this is what Paul's talking about here. 
You want to know what to wear when you get up in the morning? Here it is. And you say, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what I would expect the minister to say. You know, be patient, be kind. You know, let's all get our little booklets out. And then, you know, we're, we're at church. And, yeah, I'm going to do that. But let, let's, let's just get real here. And Paul, Paul says this. He says, this is what I want you to put on each day when you go out into the world. But the reality of it is, and you go, man, do you know what my life is like? Do you know who I deal with on a daily basis? Do you know who I interact with? How do you expect me to get anything done? I mean, I'm dealing with people that are really, really tough to deal with on a daily basis. Do you know what my parents are like? Do you know what my brother's like, my sister's like? you know what my neighbor's like? you know what my children in my classroom are like? you know what my, my, my co-workers are like? And then Paul emphasizes it again. He says, listen, bear, bear with each other. And another one is forgive one another if you have anything, any grievance against someone. So this is another one here, forgiveness. Forgiveness, meaning let it go. I want you to clothe yourself with forgiveness and forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, don't forgive as you forgive. Forgive as I forgive. How did God, how did Jesus forgive us? Did he hold on to anything? Did he go, hey, hey, I'm watching. One more time, one more thing. That's it. The line is going to be drawn. Now, that's not, that's not how it is. Forgive. Okay, that's, an, that's another one of the clothings you put on. And then verse 14, it says, And over all these other virtues put on love, which binds them all together. So now we know what this word means. Because Paul broke it down for us. But that you care for people. That you love them. That you value them more than you even value yourself more than you value objects or things. This is what you gotta wear to follow Jesus. So let me break it down for you. This is follow wear, okay, follow wear. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. This is what you need to clothe yourself with if, if you're gonna call yourself a follower of Jesus. Now, if you want to proclaim that you're, you know, something else and say it's Christianity, you can say that, but that's not what following Jesus is about. And maybe, maybe this is the reason why in our nation today, Christianity has a bad name. This is huge what we're talking about today. Because even some of our children aren't attracted to Christianity because they don't see this. Maybe our coworkers aren't attracted to Christianity because they don't see this. And the media is doing an exceptional job at slapping down Christianity. They're judgmental. They're mean. They're self-righteous. They're homophobic. The list goes on and on. They make jokes, and they put Christians in a, in a little box. But what if, what if, what if you and I leave here today and decide, this is what I'm going to wear. I got news for you. You know what people are looking for? You know what they're in search of? This. 
This is why their marriages are coming undone. This is why their families are coming undone. This is why friends don't talk anymore. This is why people's lives are coming apart. This, because there's an absence of this. You take this out of the picture and there's going to be a mess. And that's what we have. Jesus came to fix our relationships. But typically what we do as, as, as Christians, we turn it into rules and we forget about this because this is hard. This is real hard. And you say, well, Paul, you know, and you're the minister and, you know, you, you, don't, you don't understand my situation. I, I got a tough go. How are we going to get anything done at work if we were all this nice stuff and sugar on top? Hey, man, I got to run my organization. I got to call people out. I got to deal with these little brats. You ever had a teenage kid? You know what it's like? You can't talk to them with this. What do they do if you do this? They walk all over you, take advantage. I just want to remind you, who said this? Who taught this? Jesus did, but also the apostle Paul. Do you know what the apostle what Paul was like? Who said these words? And, and, and like it says here, it's possible, but it's not natural. This, this, this is not natural. This takes work. This takes prayer. This takes humility. This takes, this takes an extra, extra effort to be this. And it takes supernatural strength. You need God's strength to do this. But remember who Paul was. Paul was a legalistic, religious guy. He was angry all the time. He was a type A person. I mean, just type A personality to the max. But yet you read his letters and you see how he wrestled with being patient and working with people. It's, it's possible, but he wrestled with it. And if you're going to be those things, if you're going to have follow-where in your life, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a challenge. And where does follow where land for you? And let's be honest. And this is going to mean to have some conversations. Because I know there are situations happening in our lives. Even in church, even in church, there are some relationships that are coming undone because we don't have follow where. And here's the crazy thing about Christianity, the, the, the weird Christianity that's being moved out there is, I'm good with God, but I can hate you. What? And you're carrying that, you're carrying that around out there in the world? I can be so angry with my husband, so angry with my wife, but me and God are good because he understands me. And you're carrying that around. You know, husbands and wives are, are, are fighting and, and, and parents and children and, and, and brothers and sisters and stuff's going on. Because we're more focused on rule keeping than we are on follow where. What if we really, really focused on follow where and made that our top priority? When we get dressed in the morning, God help me to be patient, to be kind, 
to be gentle, to be forgiving, to have love, compassion. What a difference would that make? Where's this land for you? And, and the truth of the matter is, if we are going to make a difference in our world today, this is what's going to do it. When we have the follower on, this is what people need. Their, their lives are coming undone and they have no idea how to get along. And the option for a lot of people is to keep everybody at arm's length. People are more connected than they've ever been, ever, on these platforms. Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all these. They're so connected. They know what each other are doing in every second. But are they really connected? What happens when you put two people together for 24 hours and they're alone? What happens? Eh, start to be some friction. I need some space. And that's why people, people don't really have close relationships. They have, they have acquaintances and they have friends, your Facebook friends, but they're not really close relationships. And anytime you get close to somebody, what happens? Some of us experience this in closer relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, and after a couple of years, boom, why? Because this stuff comes out. That's why divorce rate is, is going through the ceiling right now. Because people have no idea how to have relationships. And Jesus wants to fix this. So looking at follow where, you hear this lesson, you say, well, I like the pictures and it's funny and that's all this stuff. But hey, I don't want to just entertain you. I want you to go away with something. Because you might even say, well, you know, today was really good. And you go to lunch and you talk about it. And then you leave. And later this afternoon, you go, so what's next week? What are we going to talk about next week? Well, this is huge what we're talking about today. This could make the difference between your, your relationships making it or being a constant source of pain and hardship. Where you decide, I'm just going to live an isolated life and I'm going to be lonely and that's the way it is. Jesus wants to fix that. He wants to fix our relationships. So I came up with a, a way so you could remember the words that we looked at. All right? Now, I want, I want to say before we look at the way to remember, it's lame. Okay, so just say it with me. It's lame. Go ahead. It's lame. Again, say it. It's lame. Okay, it's weak. It's weak. All right, so I just, I've got that out of the way, right? Okay, we got that out of the way. So how many of you have seen a chick flick? Chick flick, right? How about a chick flick that's rated PG? Chick flick that's rated PG. All right, so here's how we're going to do it. It's lame, but you're going to remember all right, chick flick PG. Okay, you come up with your own. You, you do your own, but this is what works. Okay, so you can remember. Now, I highly recommend this. And I highly recommend when you get up in the morning, you get up in the morning, that you'll have a quiet time or a prayer time with God, and you'll pray and you'll ask, God, help me, help me do this. God, help, help, me, help me to have compassion. Help me to have humility. Help me to be kind to people. Help me to be, for, be full of forgiveness. 
Help me to be loving in, in a double dose because that was the only way it was going to work. Kindness, again, is repeated. Okay? Help, help me, God, to be patient, to go at their speed instead of my speed. Help me to be gentle, to deal with everybody where they're at versus where I'm at, to power down versus power up. So wherever you need to write this down, chick flick PG. But more importantly is, this is the to-do list of Christians. This is what our world needs to see in followers of Jesus. Not the picture that we saw earlier in the presentation with the signs and the, and the, and the weirdness. They need to see this. And when they see this, guess what they're going to see? Jesus. And those people who see Jesus are going to lean in and they're going to say, can I have some of that? How did you do that? And just like Paul did, because he saw it one day when he was there and they were stoning Stephen, one of the followers of Jesus, they were killing him. He looked Stephen in the eye and what he saw in Stephen's eyes as Stephen was about to die, Stephen said these words. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they're doing. And he was maybe looking straight at Paul in the eyes, full of his hate and his anger and his angst. Paul never forgot that image because he saw this. 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 And so when he was on the road to Damascus and he got blinded, Jesus, Paul, why are you fighting? See, all of us hit those moments. I hit that moment. You hit that moment where you're just going, man, this isn't working. My way is not working. The world's way is not working. And I see somebody who's got this going on. And I know them and I see them and I, I watch what they wear. I look at them and they, how they, and I watch the way they react because they're in a difficult situation in their home. And this is what I did. I asked my sister, I went to her house and I said, would you study the Bible with me? I asked her to study the Bible. You know why I asked her to study the Bible? Because I saw this. And I didn't have this. This was absent in my life. I had a lot of, a lot of flash on the outside, but I didn't have this and my life was coming undone. My relationships were coming undone. So today, I want you to leave here thinking about what, what are you going to wear tomorrow? What are you going to wear the rest of the day as you go out of here? So let's wrap it up. Chick flick. And let's, let's look at this last verse here. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Now, we're going to see if we really have these characteristics, the follower in these types of relationships. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. This word devoted, what's that mean? It means we're close. We're connected. I need you. You need me. And we're in this together. 
And I just got to speak honestly, you know, to our, our members. I don't know if we're devoted to each other. You know why? We kind of float. We're here and we're not here. We're not really connected. We may not call each other during the week. You know, when it comes to Sunday or a small group, I don't know if I can go this week. I got something going on. I don't really need you. You know, I'll be okay. And so we get distant. This, this is a powerful word here, devotion. What, if you have a family, what do you want your family to be like? You're a parent. What do, you, what do you want the relationship with your kids like? You want your kids off doing all these kinds of crazy things, and you, you don't even know where they are. You don't know who they're with. You don't know what's going on. Is that the kind of family you want to have? No, you want a family that's devoted to each other. This is what parents want. This is what God wants from us. And a lot of the ugliness is going to come out when we're what? Devoted. But when it comes out, we can deal with it. But if we're going to keep everybody at arm's length, we're not going to see what's really going on. You know what's going on. So I want to call you today to redevote yourself to each other. At your small group level, parents with kids, redevote yourself to having, having talks, you know, for the singles, for the, for the, the, the students, you know. It, it's not all just about the latest and greatest things. Have some meaningful, significant talks. What's going on? Be devoted to one another. And then we're going to see about our follower. How are we dressed? So that's our lesson today. I hope uh, Chick Flick PG will go with you today. All right? Write it down and take it with you. And, and just, just, just so I say it, we got to where we got as a nation with Christianity because we got off track. If we get back on track about what it really means to follow Jesus, this has a huge significance for the next generation. That being a Christian is not rule-keeping. Being a Christian is relationship building, maintaining, and growing. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then you'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, we thank you so very much for Jesus who came here to teach us how to build relationships, how to maintain relationships, how to fix our broken relationships. I pray, God, that you'll help us to put on the right clothing, God, when we go out and we live our lives. Help us to emphasize compassion, kindness, forgiveness, love, gentleness, patience. Father, we beg you to help us to be clothed with Christ. I pray for our friends here that are with us, God. You know their situation. You know their need. I pray, God, that you'll please help them to be honest with you and possibly honest with somebody else today and that they can begin studying the Bible and leaning in to find out what it means to follow Jesus. I pray for our church, God. Please help us to be devoted to each other. Forgive us, God, for sometimes keeping each other at arm's length and not rolling up our sleeves and getting involved in each other's lives. We love you. Please be with us and bless us today. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Apostle Paul, who was completely transformed. Help us to gain strength from him. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Have a great afternoon.